Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcasts with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. Welcome to Late Night Reds Talk here on the Locker Room app. And um, Nick, I think it's pretty much more difficult to think that this could have gone. We're about an ending away from discussing because the Reds have gone wire to wire this year. Um, obviously, you know, a tough regret outing from the first day for Luis Castillo, where the, uh, you know, the defense is kind of messing up. Uh, Luis, you know, Eugenio Suarez getting used to playing shortstop again. Um, and since then, you know, they still get scored six runs that day. Uh, since then, obviously, they've won their five games. They sweep the Pirates, who I understand are a glorified maybe double-A team, not triple-A team, um, and get those big wins. So, you know, we're talking about a team now that's five, the 5-1 five and one Cincinnati Reds with the best run differential in the majors at the moment. The Astros and the Angels have not started yet tonight. Um, but, man, when you look at just everything here, you and I decided not even to have, like, a certain topic. So we just want to, like, there's so much to be excited about. What, what are you thinking right now, man? How are you feeling about this team? Um, well, first off, the Astros don't play tonight. They don't play till tomorrow. So, so we got um, it. All right. So we are we are at the top run differential for one day, no matter what. Um, I only I know that I did a little research earlier. Uh, yeah, I mean, what an exciting start. Uh, the first inning literally was the absolute nightmare that I had discussed last week when we did this preview. Um, everything else since then has literally been – like the, I don't, I don't even know if it would have been like in my wildest dreams. Like I couldn't even have like imagined a start like this. Just, just incredible. Um, everyone is hitting. Um, it's not even getting talked about, but like, like Jeff Hoffman, Jose De Leon, and Wade Miley just like threw three gems back to back to back. Like what? Um, um, the bullpen has been flawless except for the one guy we counted on um it just what a start man i'm excited um you know it's not going to keep up like this all year but i think those of us who were optimistic about the reds lineup um i think you kind of see why we were optimistic about the lineup and they're gonna they're gonna slump just like any other team any other year but um I think you see how deep this lineup can be with with uh, Sinzel in India, um, you know, batting six seven. Um, yeah. Stevenson Stevenson batting. It's just a super deep lineup, um, and um, yeah, I mean, like like Aristides Zakino or Shogo Akiyama is our sixth outfielder. Like what? I mean, <laughs> um, just incredible. Um, yeah, I don't even know where to start. There's just so much, like, what a week, what a week. 
Yeah, I think the easiest place, obviously, to start has got to be, you know, the play of Nick Castellanos. And, you know, obviously, everyone's kind of talking about, like, the the fact he got the, you know, the suspension he's currently appealing, which I remember you and I texting about it going, like, what the hell? Um, but just the fact that it seems like – I think he's everything you want your best player to be, right? Like, he is taking the team on his back. When he has a big play, he looks at his dugout to respond and – he wants to keep the ball rolling. You know, he goes in those pressers and sometimes he's giving you all the answers. And sometimes he's just like, you know what? We won. And I just want to chill. And I don't blame him for that. You know, so he's got this unbelievable swagger. The way he's hitting the ball uh, feels like it's like the MLB, the show version of himself playing real baseball right now. Uh, if you remember what I said last week, I think said he's like the most unstoppable player in that game. Um, so I think Castellanos is the easiest place to start. We'll kind of go through a little bit of the lineup here and there from there, but just what you're seeing from him. And obviously, you know, we're only six games in the season, but if baseball were only six games, I would think he'd have to be the NL MVP, right? <laughs> yeah, I think he's, I think he's tied for the, um, I think he's tied for the national league lead and wins above replacement right now with, uh, with Marte of Arizona, who we'll get to see this weekend. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's been incredible. Um, um, but, like, he's been incredible, and he's, like, just one of, like, eight guys that have been incredible. It's 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 um, it's um ridiculous. I guess let's, you know, let's go and get the suspension out of the way. I mean, talk about that. I mean, what a garbage decision. But, so trash. Um, just, it's the most hypocritical decision I think I've ever seen. Just, you know, and I, I people who follow me, you know, I, I you know, we pointed out, you know, Molina with the, the throat slash. I mean, come on, and. Don't hide behind COVID protocols, and especially, you know, you have 50,000 people at a Texas stadium and you're worried about right. about yeah. Nick Cassiano staring. I mean, come on. That's a little that's a little ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but it's, it's going to probably get appealed and be down to one game. It's not like the Reds uh, don't have any outfield options to cover one game. So, right. and, and Cassianos is a guy who doesn't like to ever take a game off. So, I'd be a good, good way to get him a day off. Um, um, sorry about the paycheck, bro. But, um, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I love it. I love that. I love that he did that. I love that. You know, um, you know, the Cardinals came in here um, as the 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 favorite. Uh, Bob Nightingale said, uh, "Go ahead and you know put the champagne on ice this off season." Um, and the Reds came up here and they, they whipped them. They whipped them, you know, on Saturday and Sunday. Um, they outplayed them in every phase of the game. Um, and it's, yeah, it's two games. It's not, you know, there's a lot of games left. But, but the Reds certainly, I think, set the tone. And uh, you got to love that. Well, I think the, the thing that kind of gets overlooked a lot, and you talk about, like, setting the tone and just the fact that they, like, took it to them, is, you know, everyone remembers, like we said, opening day didn't go so well. But even in the second game, like, Paul DeYoung hits a home run pretty early in the game. The Cardinals had the lead, and they, the Reds responded. You know, they were like, okay, like, we're not going to do this again. And, you you know, like, I think that's one of the things that really just jumped out to me was, like, that quick response and obviously taking over the game. Um, but, yeah, Castellanos has just been the perfect leader for them um, and just kind of been just blown away. And then, you know, the youth of this team. And I know Nick Senzel just got his first hit last night in the, the second Pirates game. But... I think for me, what has really stood out the most to him, and I understand what I'm saying right now. It may sound crazy considering he started the season over seven, but you're starting to see why he was the number two pick in the draft. Like his just his play vision, just how comfortable he is in the box, 
And, you know, obviously the athleticism, which we saw is terrific. But, like, yeah, I know he didn't get a hit the first few games of the year. But watching him just, like, work counts and get on – you know, he had two or three walks. I was really, really blown away by what I've seen from him so far. Just, you know, how good he really is. Yeah, I mean, I said this earlier today, but if if, if Sinzel really takes off like we thought that he could um, – um, you know, when he first came up, I mean, my goodness, this lineup is deep. Um, and he, he's playing well right now. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He's off to a great start. Let's not um, let's not kid ourselves there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, really, you know, you were talking about opening day, you know, how the, the Reds didn't, um, didn't fold and, and came back. It wasn't like they just, you know, hit a couple cheap home runs with a, a middle reliever out there. Um, they yeah. were grinding out at bat after at bat after at bat. Um, and uh, – Really, just I guess the, and that that just goes with what I was saying, you know, with the the lineup just being so deep up and down. Everyone seems to give a, a really professional at bat, you know. Um, everyone is is not trying to do too much, um, but still somehow being aggressive. And you know, it's it's obviously when you're scoring uh, fifty seven runs in, in in six games, a lot is just going right. Um, but you know, some of these habits that we're seeing, you know, I think give us a lot of hope and a lot of optimism for the season. Yeah. And obviously talking about the youth, you can't go much further than Jonathan and who, again, if the season ended after six games is, you know, got a very strong case for National League rookie of the year. Um, but you know, we still got 156 of these to go, but I think, you know, his comfortability is something I don't remember really seeing from a rookie in this organization in a long time. Um, just the fact that, you know, he made the opening day roster and immediately, you know, he struck out his first at bat, but you just saw him like come back. He knocks that double in opening day. He's got what eight RBI already, which I don't really care to give two shits about RBI as a stat necessarily, but just seeing him consistently make contact and make pitchers work. It's just been a blast to watch. And on the defensive side of the ball where we were really concerned, like he's honestly like been pretty impressive with the glove. Yeah. I mean, he, he he looks like he belongs for sure. Um, I, I said earlier, he kind of reminds me of like Zach Cozart when Zach Cozart came up, and I know Cozart, you know, uh, poor guy got hurt after like ten games. But man, yeah. when he came up, like he took ownership of that shortstop position. He looked like that was his position. Um, um, and man, Andy, I I can't believe how good he's been defensively. I think that's maybe more impressive than the bat. Because I think a lot of these guys, they can come up and kind of get hot for a week, not taking anything away from what he's done with the bat. But the mm-hmm. defense, that's not something that, that you just, you know, you, you can fluke by right. for a couple days. He's been super impressive. I'll go ahead and say it. No, the Reds should not move him to shortstop. Do not move a poor kid who just came up and has played one week in baseball to a new position. Um, um, that would not be a smart move. Um, um, that would make the Reds weaker overall because you would have India at shortstop position. He's not good at, you know, he's good at second. You'd be moving Moustakas to second, who Moustakas isn't as good as India is now. That's not a good move. Don't do it. Don't think about it. It just, it is what it is. Maybe the Reds should have looked at this, you know, a year ago, um, but it's far too late for that. But yeah, I mean, just be happy with his second base defense. That's going to um, help. Suarez, I think a lot because yeah. you know, um, you know, if, if if you you know you get, you know, you get one tough chance that that Suarez doesn't get that maybe a, a good shortstop would have, but then India makes a really spectacular play that most other second basemen wouldn't make. It evens itself out and it, it kind of 
I think, uh, uh, can cover up maybe some of your defensive liabilities. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm so thrilled by India. He'll slump. Let, let's, you know, yeah, let's, let's, be realistic. let's not, let's not, let's not put more, more pressure on, on him. Um, but man, he's, he's just been phenomenal. And, uh, um, I'm, I'm just, I'm so excited for him. I'm going to try my hardest when we talk about the bottom here to not sound like a mega total homer. Cause I understand what the stat line says. But watching these at bats, and I think I'm pretty sure I've seen every at bat so far this year. Again, we've only it's only been six games. I know you watch the games as much as I do. Um, I've been lucky enough to beat the ballpark twice this year, but I feel like he's just been super unlucky, man. Like he hits like he's getting, like he's making good contact. Um, I know he's had a couple strikeouts. He just had his first walk today. But I feel you know, am I wrong in like watching? Are you seeing the same thing I am? Do you feel like he's like maybe just hitting the ball right at the defender? Yeah, yeah, he's um. He's he's hitting the ball hard. I'm 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 pulling it up now. Um, um, you know, he has a exit. He already has his max exit velocity on a on a on a on a ball hit is one thirteen point six, which is the uh, that's the highest of his career. So he's already he's already hit a ball <laughs> harder. And I think Stackus only goes back to twenty fifteen. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's been he's been hitting the ball hard. He's had a a, a lot of um, um, tough luck, and, and Joey's been a slow starter years before. Um, um, and, and that's the thing with a long lineup is, you know, it, when you have eight guys that can hit, eight guys that are dangerous, the chances of all eight of them slumping at the same time is is unlikely. Um, and when you have two or three guys slumping, like like Votto and Suarez haven't hit at all, yeah. and the Reds are still scoring fifty seven runs in six games because the other guys are all are all tearing the cover off the ball. So so when Castellanos and India struggle, um, Votto and Suarez hopefully will be the ones carrying. And that's just the thing about having a, a deep lineup um, um, that we haven't seen. I, I can't. I, I'm trying to think. Like it, maybe is 2010? Is that the last time maybe the Reds had had eight batters that were, were no, even 2010 they didn't because they had Orlando Cabrera in the lineup. Yeah. Um, I, I, like, when's the last time you really had eight guys that, that like today, like today's lineup, eight guys that um, you're like, wow, every single one of those guys is dangerous. Every single one of those guys can hit the ball to the ballpark. Every single one of those guys are, are a hitter I want to watch. You know, I think they're at bat. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun to watch. 2000? 2001? I know they yeah, were terrible pro- as a team, but like... Yeah, I mean, probably one of those teams, I mean, had some some lineups where, where they had, you know, you know, just just everyone was dangerous, but... Um, but yeah, 99 I mean, like, jumps out, obviously. Like, 99, they were incredible. Tobinsey was the catcher then? It, it usually, usually, just you look at those teams and you say, who was the catcher, who was the shortstop, who was the right. baseman, and <laughs> were any of those positions weak? Um... Um, but yeah, I mean, it's probably been, you know, unless it's, please someone chime in, you know, that that's listening live. If it's, I'm missing something egregious. Um, but yeah, I mean like, like Ed Tobbins, he had a 116 OPS plus and, uh, um, 99, but Hey, Pokey Reese only was at 86. Aaron Boo was at 92. Tucker was at 90. I don't know. I mean, I, 2021 Reds are the best since the, the machine. Yeah. Because I was thinking, so my buddy John Mench, who listens to the show every week on Spotify, which if you are, you should as well. And Michael, we're definitely going to get to your questions, so don't don't think we're ignoring you by any means. Uh, we do, we do, we love having the interaction. So 
he asked me, it's like, when was the last time you felt this excited about the Reds? And I had to think about it, you know, because obviously I'm excited every year. Um, I'm pretty optimistic, even though I know they're going to, you know, there's there was a lot of years we knew they were going to be pretty brutal. But I think the last time I was this excited, I can remember moment-wise, was when they got Chew. Because it was like, oh, man, like, you know, Drew Stubbs obviously struggled. They get the leadoff hitter that you can count on. You know there's just the nerves about him playing center field. And you're like, I don't know how that's going to work out. But, like, at the same point, you're like, okay, so one, two, th- you know. At that time, Phillips was a serviceable major league hitter. I know he has the fans who are going to be like, really? He hit, like, all these RBI. And that's not what we're here for on the show. Um, but I think that's the last time I really felt this comfortable with their offense. And I think this offense is better than that. Yeah, this offense is definitely better than, than 2013. Um, the 2013 was very top heavy. Um, yeah. It was. Derek it was not, Robinson was in left field. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. The um, this lineup's definitely better than that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess probably pre-COVID last offseason, I probably felt better even than right now. Um, but that obviously, you know, got got destroyed with COVID. Um, um, because that team is the team that the Reds had last year is still better than this team, you yeah. know, even though they didn't perform, you know, in, in 60 games, I fully believe it. I know no, a lot of people will think I'm nuts. I fully believe that, that, that season plays out 162 games. The Reds probably win 95 games. Maybe I'm nuts, but I think that their pitching was just so deep and it's pretty much the exact same lineup except for, uh, um, India, who's a huge upgrade over, uh, Freddie Galvis and Jose Garcia, but, um, but <laughs> Freddie Galvis. it was still pretty much the same lineup. Um, um, and, um, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I was really excited about that team, but before that, I mean, we're probably, you know, probably back, you know, like the 2012 team, per- probably for me. I don't know. I don't know if I was, I don't know if I was more excited about the 2013 team than, than I would be right now. Um, and maybe some of that was the PTSD of, um, you know, that division series in 2012. It just, that felt like it just like hung over that whole season. And Chu, I love Chu and he brought a lot of excitement, but it was still just like this weird feeling that whole year for me. I, I don't know. I looking back, I'm like, why did I not enjoy this more? You know, when, when it happened, uh, you know, yeah. you know, but I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, so Michael Parker, who was in, looks like he's a first timer. Welcome, uh, we're excited to have you, man. So he had a comment for he had a comment, and then he had a question. So his comment said, honestly, prior to the twenty twenty season, I felt like it's the best top to bottom for a long time, which we totally agree. It's kind of the conversation we're having, you know. Nick is a, uh, you know, I would have to go back. I, you know, I don't have the nineteen ninety team in front of me by any means. I knew there were some boppers, but I knew they had some weaknesses in the order also. Um, but yeah, it might be the machine, honestly. Uh, but he has a question. He said. He's torn on what to do when Shogo returns. Who gets released or sent down? And, you know, I think what we're kind of not used to in a long time here is having too many good players because we haven't <laughs> had that, you know, in so long. Um, you know, like, you know, he's right, though. Shogo Akiyama comes up. There's, he's got a big contract. Um, you mentioned, you know, Aquino and Tyler Naquin, who has been terrific, and we're going to talk about him, I'm sure. Um, but obviously, you know, you know, Senzel's the everyday center fielder. You know, when Jesse Winker comes back, he's got a spot. So it's like you look at this outfield depth, and I don't remember, you know, it's not like they're running, you know, Kevin Mitchell and Reggie Sanders out there at this point. It's like these all these dudes are just phenomenal. And, like, at those times, it's like, you know, you have those two, you're like, I don't know who's in center field today. So there's just so many guys now. It just makes so many things to be excited about this outfield. So I don't know. Like, 
this is it would have been cool if they had a DH this year in the National League for this purpose. But you know, like I said, I think it's a good problem to have. Yeah, I mean, first you, you got to start off with the pump the brakes. Someone's going to get hurt, and I don't. I'm not trying to wish any ill will on anybody. Right. But you look at the Reds' outfield. You know, Winker, Senzel, and uh, Shogo, um, and Naquin. I mean, they've all had a lot of injury issues. You know, the last uh, um, couple years, and uh, so. The chances Shogo is not going to be back until May. And honestly, David Bell's probably at this point kind of happy about that. As weird as that sounds, he's like, okay, I don't have to make a decision until May. You know, I at least can push that off. Um, um, but, you know, by the time May rolls around, it seems possible one of these guys gets hurt. Or maybe one of these guys just completely falls off the, 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 the map. Um, I like all. I, I like all six guys. All six guys are are players that you would want to. Uh, if you if you're a team like the Reds, who are a mid mid market team, you know you want to find guys. You know you want to find diamonds in the rough to create value out of nothing, right? Um, um, and, and Castellanos is obviously not in that category because he's you know actually compensated. Um, but you want to find you know these guys. And, and create value that's not there. So you would want like all six of these guys to play because either they're good for you or they're good trade trade bait or whatever else. And all six of these guys are guys that I want you know the Reds to get a look at. Obviously, you can't you can't play all of them. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know. Um, I mean, we'll see what Tyler Naquin does. Um, I just I know people are going to kill me, but I don't I don't know if if Shogo Akiyama could could out OPS. Tyler Naquin. And I, I'm not trying to be a hater of, of Shogo Akiyama, but, you know, Shogo Akiyama still didn't hit a major league home run last year. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously you're paying Shogo a lot more than, than Naquin, but, I mean, Naquin has almost a career 800 OPS. Like, he's a really, really good player. I cannot believe the Reds just picked him up on a minor league contract. I'm still stunned. I was stunned when it happened, and um, I mean, I've been a I've been a fan of Naquin for a long time. I'd love to see him get a run. Um, we'll just, you know, we'll have to see. Um, um, I really, really, really wish they would be flexible with Sinzel um, and play him at second base occasionally um, or third base and, you know, be able to move some guys around for off days to maybe get Naquin's bat in more in center field. But it just doesn't, I guess that's not not part of the plan. So, um Again, it probably will work itself out. Um, but if, 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 let's, let's say, let's say if, to, to, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, just completely not answer the question. If Nagel keeps hitting like this, I'm sorry. He's behind, Shogo Akiyama's behind him. I mean, Tim, do you think I'm nuts on that? But if, if he's still hitting, and we, we'd be talking a month, he's still hitting. I, Naquin's ahead of him on the depth chart. Yeah, I think at that point, we'd be talking about Shogo Akiyama for Trevor Story, right? <laughs> I'm honestly, not letting it go. I'm not letting it go. Honestly, honestly, with Shogo, and it's not a knock on Shogo. It's, it's just the the climate of, of Major League Baseball with contracts. He actually has a negative value if you pull up that yeah. trade trade value site. So he would be a guy like the Reds would trade and and pay probably at least half of his salary. And and in 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 fairness to Shogo. If you try to trade Castellanos and Ristakis, they also have negative trade value. So that's not any knock on Shogo. That's just 
the climate of baseball right now that no one wants to take on these contracts unless it's a, a, a bona fide superstar. Maybe Castellanos has changed a little bit in a week than that he was, you know, in the off season. But, but yeah, that that's just kind of where where baseball is. Yeah. So Michael followed up with: Can Naquin's success be sustained? Has to be a reason he was available in the cheap. Is this a new? Is this a case of new clubhouse and scenery? Um, so you, you you touched on it. Like if you listen to what all the guys say, like on Evans being trained, like. He's a freak of nature. He's this unreal athlete, and he's got all these skills. But he had a lot, hard time staying healthy. Um, obviously, last year, like a lot of hitters, had really rough years. He had one in, with the Indians last year. Um, so I don't. That's I think like as far as can it be sustained? No, I don't think he's going to hit a leadoff home run every game. Um, <laughs> but do I think that like if he was part of like this outfield, like maybe platoon or rotation, uh, depending on whatever word you want to use, like I could definitely see him being a part there. He's He's a good enough player. He's certainly athletic. If you look at his career, you know, when he came up, he made a boom immediately. People found that old tweet between you and me where you said you would have traded Jay Bruce or Tyler Naquin. So, you know, <laughs> maybe, like, I think I, – I don't have any reason to think he couldn't be, like, a consistent good player for this team. I'm not, you know – I'm not going to say, you know, Chris Heisey because there's certainly things I like about him more than I like for Chris Heisey. But, yeah, man, I think that there's a lot to be excited about with this with him. Yeah, I mean, he has a career seven 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 OPS. Um, the only two years that he's that he stayed healthy and and played anywhere close to a, a full season, um, he had an eight eighty six OPS and a seven ninety two OPS. So when he's been healthy, he's he's produced, and he did not fit in well to Cleveland. Um, Francona did not like him for whatever reason. He played really bad players over him at times. Um, and I'm talking when he was healthy. Um, so there was definitely something there. Um, you know, we saw that post-game interview last night. He seems to be, you know, really comfortable in Cincinnati. Obviously, it's a little easier to be comfortable when you're, you know, hitting balls uh, into the river. Um, you know, <laughs> guys are going to like you. Um, um, it's a pretty likable trait. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I like Naquin. I mean, we'll see how the next month plays off. But if he's hitting like this in a month, I, I'm sorry. He's ahead of the show going to death chart. But, again – we got a long month ahead of ourselves. Yeah, especially with the West Coast road trip coming up. Who I know it's not the best competition that they could be playing, but still, we we if you're a Reds fan for a long time, you know what that could potentially mean. Um, but let's kind of go through real quick. You know, I want to talk about. You, you mentioned earlier, you know, the one guy in the bullpen who's really been kind of like the guy, you know, who hasn't been playing pitching the best is the guy we all counted on, Amir Garrett. And look, yeah, it's been rough. But he's also only pitched two innings, so it's kind of like a like, okay. Um, obviously, you know they're up eleven up in the day. He gives up a grand slam. The other day they're up five two, and he comes in after they came back uh, after that. You know, Moose hit that mo- that moonshot, and he struggles and gives up a run to his first, homer to his first batter. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not at the point where like I, I know a lot of people here, and I saw like he posted that thing about like the Reds had a sweep today, and you see all these all the comments, of course, of like. Well, you know, everyone played great but you. And it's like, you know, maybe that's true for this game. But I don't think there's any reason to believe that, like, we're going to see this consistent struggles of Amir Garrett, especially when you see what Rysel Iglesias is doing in Anaheim right now. Well, and I mean, like, look at Rysel Iglesias the first two weeks of last year. He couldn't get anyone out. And then he was incredible. Yeah. Um, um, you know, the last, I don't know, seven weeks of the season or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's two games, two games in weird situations. Um, they didn't get him in, you know, right away in the season. 
um, just because of the way that the, the season kind of played out. Um, he pitched the first time he pitched was Monday night, right? He didn't pitch in the yeah. Cardinals series. Like no, I'm sure Garrett was expecting to pitch in that in the Cardinals series, but there was never a spot because you know the Reds beat the crap out of the Cardinals. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't put any stock in a couple games from a reliever. Um, you know, I think they'll figure it out. Now, in fairness, I thought Lucas Sims was the better reliever before the season started, but that doesn't take anything away from Garrett. I think Garrett will be fine. I think he'll be a uh, um, um, I think it'll be a force as the year goes on. Um, I, I see JW, you know, control scares me. Yeah, that scared me before the season. So nothing's changed on my opinion of Amir Garrett from, from two games. So worried about the control only in terms of him being like that, that if you, if you get, if you have Luis Castillo pitch, like let's, let's put it this way. If Luis Castillo pitches you eight innings and you have a fresh bullpen, I would go with Lucas Sims over Amir Garrett, unless it's a string of lefties every time. It's not a knock on Garrett. I just really, really love Lucas Sims. I Me think too. Lucas Sims is more consistent. Um, but that's not taking anything away from Amir Garrett. I think Amir Garrett's great. I think he'll be fine. Um, you know, it's just let's chill a little bit on him. Did you think at um, any point in the year that, you know, we would be talking about Sal Romano leading the bullpen in innings? <laughs> yeah, um um, someone asked me. I remember someone asked me about Sal Romano. I was like, I was like, I wouldn't worry about him. Like, he's only going to pitch in blowouts. Well, he has only pitched in blowouts, but he's yeah, he's leading the team. One or the other. Pitched. Um, yeah, I mean, good for him. You know, that's a guy that that has, um, um, you know, has just I, somehow like just stuck around. Like he's 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 earned that that, that those major league dollars. Um, um, good for him, and, and he's pitched well. Um. Yeah, I mean, good for him. That that's the kind of guy you love. Just that that guy that yeah. just keeps keeps earning Takes those MLB dollars. Um, yeah. um, you know, hasn't really wowed anyone, but also hasn't done anything to to um um you know not not get a chance. He throws strikes, and that's that's what the Reds that's what the Reds wanted out of his spot. Is they wanted a guy that you know we want a guy that we could put out there. He's going to throw strikes. Our going to come out and throw you strikes. Good for him. Yeah. So, Michael uh, popped up in the chat and got a good question. And this is the thing that's in a lot of fans' mind right now, and I totally get it. Like we said with the surplus of uh, talent they have right now. He said, could a trade scenario be in the works for Reds outfield surplus, prospect of relief pitching depth? What could Aquino get in a trade straight up? So, let's work backwards. As far as Aquino straight up, I don't know what you're going to get in that case. Obviously... We know the powers there. We know, you know, we saw. Do you see that ball today? That guy caught from his homer where it had like a like a, like a scuff on it, where like some of the like stitching came off the ball a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's unreal the power he has. But you know, we talked about not giving up on him because he's only had about eighty-five major league games, but he's hit 23, 24 homers in those eighty-five games. So his talent level is certainly intriguing. Um, I know that year when he came up after Puig got traded, he showed some outfield flashes with his arm, but you know it was never like this out terrific, just jaw dropping outfielder by any means. So I don't know what they could get for him. I think people would have interest in him, but I highly doubt straight up you're going to get like, you know, I don't think the Red Sox are going to give up one of their decent relievers right now to try to get his bat to improve their offense. Yeah, I, I think if if the Reds, you know, had a DFA him, I mean, I think they're beat. 20 plus teams come calling. Absolutely. For sure. Let's, let's put this guy on our team and see what he's got. Um, you don't accidentally hit that many home runs. There's something no. there. Um, 
Um, so yeah, I think the only the only way Aquino has any value would be um, the only thing you'd be able to get back from Aquino is if you took on some salary, which the Reds aren't going to do right now. The Reds aren't going to take on salary for a relief pitcher. Um, I, no one's going to give up a, a, a relief pitcher on a on a you know league minimum or close to that that salary for Aquino right now with just so much unknown. So you know, my thought is Aquino is is ride him out, see what you can get. Remember, you know, um, Winker, Shogo, and Naquin are all left-handed batters. Aquino's the only one of those that's right-handed. So Aquino has some value in that regard. Um, Naquin, I love Naquin. He can't hit left-handed pitching. Um, I hope, I know everyone hates me whenever I say a lefty can't hit left-handed pitching, but Naquin really can't. Um, and, um, I guess I'll give you guys the, the jury's still out on Winker. I think the jury's concluded, but it is what it is. And I, I don't think Shogo can't. So I, I, you know, I don't know if Aquino is the guy you really want to get rid of just because he's your right-handed bat on the bench. Um, do you really want, um, um, you know, Tyler Naquin coming into pinch hit against Josh Hader, you know, like that's right. not going to be a good matchup for, for, for Tyler Naquin. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would, I would say, you know, maybe, I don't know, but it's, just, it's hard to really see Tyler Naquin having a lot of value. And then, like I said, you know, the only guy that has value out of the Reds outfield is Winker and Sinzel. That's the only guys that have value. Um, and I don't think you're going to get rid of either one of them. Unless you're, you know, um, you know, bringing back a big shortstop or something. So yeah, yeah I, I, I just the Reds pieces, it just doesn't really, I don't think, match up well for trades. Yeah, and then he brought the idea of uh, the prospects of relief pitching depth. And you said last week when we closed out the show, your count, your expectation of Hunter Green at least this year is he's going to come up and be a part of the bullpen if he makes it in the 2021 season. And I agree with you. Um, so. I think you know they have a lot of confidence in their bullpen and their uh, and their prospect arms. Uh, obviously, we know the, t- the two biggest names there. Um, I think Lodola they kind of count us for sure as like a later later late starter um, in the rotation. But I don't know what they do there. Um, it also kind of depends on who's going to be available because you know like right now the A's are a dumpster fire. Um, but will they be all year? And like was that something where they're going to try to give up some relievers? Maybe. But how good are those relievers going to be? So. It's unique, man. It's definitely like these are great questions, but it's I don't really know where you go with it. Yeah, I think it's just it's it's too early to tell. And there's not not very many teams that are going to be wanting to make trades in April. There's a reason yeah. you don't see trades happen in April because you know teams want to figure out what they got. You know, the last last thing a general manager wants to do is make a mistake in April that's going to be magnified when he doesn't have to when there's not the pressure of the trade deadline. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, again, I go back to, I really wish they would, they would put Sinzel in the infield as, as your backup infield. And then you, you could in theory carry six outfielders and, you know, send one of a uh, Blandino or farmer down to the alternate site being only go with one backup infielder because Sinzel is your second backup infielder, you know, and he's Sinzel's not the backup Sinzel's your, your alternate to, 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 to play in the infield. Uh, I mean, could you imagine, like, on a, on any given night, your bench is, is Naquin, Aquino, and Shogo? Um, pretty awesome. I mean, that's that's pretty great for, you know, late-inning late, late inning pinch hits um, opportunities. So, yeah, I mean, I would – I'd love to have a bench with a lot of good hitters that you're not throwing away at bats late in the game against great relief pitchers. 
Yeah, we don't have that weird thing this year where there's like, remember there was like that stretch for like the, the end of the Dusty Baker era where every year they just had like a random ass like veteran shortstop like Edgar Renteria and you're like, why do you keep picking these guys? Like, who was it? Uh, the guy from the Phillies that pitched the game against us. They had him in 2012. And it's like, why do you keep getting these guys? Like, we don't have that this year. It's like, oh, that's the guy that's going to be our backup hitter? Okay, he's pretty good, you know, so. I, I guess they're, they're, you know, general managers and managers are just Carlos always, are always worried about, you know, being embarrassed on the defensive end, I guess, yeah. you know, by, by you run out of infielders and, you know, you have to move Cassianos to third base. And I guess that's the thought. That seems like a pretty weird fear for me. Like, I don't think anyone's going to really be that upset in one game, but yeah, whatever. So Will asked um, your guys' opinion on when Sonny and Lorenzo come back. He said, I feel like Lorenzo might be better in a bullpen position. So we'll start from the top there. Uh, the obvious is when Sonny Gray comes back, you know, he, he goes right back to the top of the rotation. Maybe one or maybe two, but he's still there. Um, you know, he threw four and two thirds in the, at the alternate site, which was, you know, pretty promising. Um, as far as Lorenzen, you know, obviously the, this expectation is he's going to be a starter, but, you know, Jeff Hoffman and, you know, Jose De Leon, they did what they're supposed to do. They're putting pressure on the franchise to say, like, you guys can't take us out. And again, we have, played, they have each had one start. And, you know, I was blown away by how DeLeon responded to give up two first-inning homers and pitched, you know, really well the rest of the time he was in the game. Jeff Hoffman, you know, pitched really well. So with Lorenzen, you know, Carlos talked about this last week where he kind of feels more, like, comfortable that with Lorenzen being in the bullpen. I talked about how I could see him kind of doing that as well. And then, you know, we're not even talking about TJ Antone in this situation who also everyone has this idea of being kind of like – the good Alfredo Simon where he's got his guys back between like long man and rotation. So with Lorenzen, um, I could see a situation where he's back in the bullpen, but I do think they're going to maybe give him a shot to start when he first comes back. Yeah. So it sounds like Sonny's going to come back first whenever he does. And um, I, I feel very confident in saying the move will be uh, 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 Jose De Leon will get sent down. Because Jose De Leon has an option. Um, Jeff Hoffman doesn't have an option. So that makes that decision pretty easy. You don't want to lose your starting pitching depth. Um, um, because more starting pitchers are going to get hurt, especially in this year we talked about that. So I definitely think Sonny, Sonny's back, De Leon's gone. Um, I guess with Lorenzen, let's put TJ Antone to the side for now because we don't know what the plan is with him. He's only pitched one inning. But let's just say, you know, Lorenzen. I think it's going to come down to how well does Jeff Hoffman pitch. If Jeff Hoffman keeps pitching well, then, yeah, okay, yeah. Maybe you say, oh, sorry, Mike, you know, you're going to the pen. Like, I'm not taking Jeff Hoffman out. And Jeff Hoffman doesn't have an option. So he's another – you don't want to, you know, lose him if he's pitching well. Um, you can't send him down to the alternate site to say, all right, here, we're stashing you for the next time we need to start. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think you would probably – with Lorenzo would come down to um, – how well Jeff Hoffman pitches. If, if Jeff Hoffman doesn't pitch well, then yeah, I mean, Lorenzo is going to probably get the shot and you're going to lose, lose Hoffman. Um, I don't, I don't know what TJ Antone. Um, I mean, the thing, I think a lot of people have to remember, he's only made four big league starts. Um, um, I need to see how many innings he's pitched. I don't think he's actually like pitched that many innings in a year either. Um, and remember he's also coming off Tommy John surgery. So the Reds yeah. don't want to, 
you don't want to like just like I know everyone wants him to start, and that that's great. But I mean, we're looking at a guy that I don't see going past a hundred and fifty innings. So post Tommy John, you know, you know, he did pitch. Okay, two thousand nineteen, he he put in some innings. He put in a hundred and. 146, but I mean, that's not a full season of starting, so um, I mean, I think that's also probably a reason they're being cautious with him. Um, but yeah, I'm at, so, so I guess to sum it up, I think uh, De Leon's the first one gone when, when Gray comes back, and then Lorenzen, if Hoffman's pitching well, Lorenzen goes to the bullpen. If, um, if Hoffman you know, gets rocked the next couple starts, then Lorenzen's at the rotation. Yeah, I agree. Um, so we'll kind of touch a couple more things before we get out of here. Um, you know, okay, I know we, we're going to do this about an hour or so. Uh, I did want to touch real quick and talk about – I was lucky enough to attend two games this week. Yeah, and yeah, I want to hear about that. Man, the crowd was incredible. You could tell how much the city has missed being at the ballpark. Um, I took my fiance to her first Reds game ever on Sunday. And so when they go you – know, they went 12-1. to 1, I had to be like, it's, it's not normally like this, I swear. And, of course, I go yesterday with a friend of mine. Um, and they went 14 to one. I was like, maybe it is. I don't know now, but, um, just like the, you know, the energy's there. If you're worried about COVID and you're in the area, like they do such a phenomenal job of like spacing everybody out. Um, they're on top of the mask, you know, the policy, they make sure that like, if they see it and you're kind of a little under your nose, they, they get on you and pull it back up. Um, oh, wow. so they're really good with it. And, you know, like for this, it's not like someone can just come up and sit next to you. So if you're, if that's one of your worries, like they, you know, they have it in pods of certain areas. So you can only buy if it's just like, say it's just Nick and I going and we don't have like, you know, our wife, our, our significant others going with us. We can only buy two, if we, we buy two tickets. There's only two people in that section that can sit next to us. I mean, the, the, we're the only two people that can sit there. We can't have two people sit next to us. Say it's like, we do go in like, a, you know, with a bunch of friends and we want to get like a pot of four. There are seats that are marked just for four people. So we're like the rest of that row is taken care of, but there's no one like by you. Um, so I think that, you know, they've done a terrific job with that, but like the atmosphere, the energy, it feels like the two games I've gone to and granted they were national six central opponents. It was early in the year. Everyone's missed the park so much, dude, it, it felt like, you know, when I was at, at that playoff games, everyone's loud. Like, you know, you can tell when you're on TV, like, 9,000 sounds like, you know, 20,000 sometimes with the, with the way they've been playing. So it's been awesome. I can't wait to be back again. I've missed being at the park so much. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely feel it on TV. Um, um, and, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think really last year, even when we were in the season, like, yeah, whatever, there's no fans, you know, it kind of is what it is. I don't think he really just realized what it difference it makes you know you think mm-hmm. you think oh the reds have like ten thousand a night well ten thousand is still a massive difference from zero yes. <laughs> um um yeah so yeah it, it, it the crowd sounded great i i um they they brought a lot of energy and you could you could really feel it on the broadcast so yeah i uh i definitely applaud the the crowd i did see a question on here um tim uh from uh from michael good question um, about um, options. Um, Farmer and Blandino do have an option. Um, if you guys are ever like curious on these things, there's this awesome, awesome tool, fangraphs.com. Click on roster resource, and then like it has like a little drop-down menu. It has all the teams. Click on the Reds. You can tell it'll tell you every player if they have an option or not. Um, we'll sit right there. So that's kind of a uh, – it's a really cool tool. I literally spend like uh, 
all my time on it. Um, I uh, do my MLB the show. Um, um, when I play like a season, I make the lineups match, whatever that is, because it's the most like up to date lineup for their standard lineup for each team, and it's just an awesome resource. So yeah, check that out. But both of those guys do have options. So yeah, I mean, if you did, you know, hypothetically move Sinzel or not move Sinzel, but make Sinzel your backup, you know, infielder and have him occasionally play for off days or double switches or whatever late, um, then yeah, you could send one of those other guys down, and then you don't have to lose any of those other guys because. Um, um, Aquino doesn't have an option. Now, Tyler Naquin does have two options. But again, if we're talking Tyler Naquin's still hitting like he's hitting, <laughs> or not hitting he's not going to hit like he's hitting into May. But if he's still hitting well into May, those options don't matter. You're not going to use one of those, you know, without making a complete fool of yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, it's, yeah. So I, I do love that fan thing. I went on there today to look at. You know, if you want to keep true track, too, one of the cool things they have as far as, like, the playoff predictions, which I know Nick's very big on. Um, oh, yeah. On opening day, they had the Reds at 22%. I have the pictures here. Let me see exactly what they had, and I'll tell you what it It said, on opening day, the Reds had a 22.1% chance to make the playoffs and an 18.4% chance to win the division. And that had them at fourth place. Now... They have them at a 32.9% chance to win the division at second and a 39.4% chance to make the playoffs. And they have the Brewers winning the division in this circumstance. So, um, I don't know. Last I checked, Kesson here is over the, over like the season. So I'm not really there with the Brewers yet, but you know, it is a young year. Uh, so fan graphs tools are awesome for guys who kind of are curious and kind of see how things work. Like they do such a good job. Um, yeah, I was, I uh, Go ahead, yeah. Oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah, I was listening to the uh, Cubs-Brewers game on, on my uh, my drive back from uh, from doing some work stuff today. And I was like, oh, I knew what the odds were. And I was like, oh, man, if the Cubs can just win this game, the Reds will be the division favorites. Because they, I'm pretty sure they would have leapfrogged the Brewers. If the Brewers would have been 2-4, and four, I think that would have been enough. If it's only a 5% difference, I would assume that would have bumped the Reds to the favorites, and the Cubs wouldn't. They're way below. And I was like, oh, I was like, they'll be the favorites. And it didn't, didn't happen. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, that tool is uh, is um, really incredible for sure. Hey, by the way, um, do you think Jock Peterson will get suspended for his bat flip today because he showed emotion? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what his suspension is and what isn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, just and, and you know uh, the uh, the the whole thing is just it's it's really it's just so bizarre how MLB will protect pitchers at all costs. And I'm sorry, Carlos. I'm really sorry, Carlos. I'm not trying <laughs> to pick on you, but they they will protect the pitchers at all costs. You know, they can plunk a guy, whatever. You know, but. I just I don't understand how someone can get drilled in the ribs and they're just supposed to say thank you sir hit me again like come on you're going to get upset at that any normal human being would these guys aren't robots um and I mean I think the pitcher's got to like you know like 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 cool today and I mean obviously that's a little different because he drilled Indy in the head but like his reaction was like okay that's a that's a human reaction like he felt yes. terrible for it. Like, can you not, like, when you hit a guy, not be like, oh, macho man? Can you be like, hey, man, my bad. Sorry about that. I really wasn't trying to hit you. Like, can you, like, show some sort of, like, hey, I wasn't trying to do that. Like, I don't have to be a big tough guy. You know, some guy flexes back on you. 
he'd just be like, yeah, whatever, you know, hey, I hit that guy in the ribs, you know, like, yeah, I, I don't blame him for being a little upset. Like, come on, like, just chill a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So my last topic, for if we have any other questions, Will, JW, Michael, you guys want to throw any other questions out, please feel free. We'll, we'll touch on before we close out. Um, man, the, all the good things we've been talking about on the field with this team have been great, and I'm so happy we're doing this. You know, we picked the perfect year to start this show together. But the one thing we haven't touched on yet that's been going even been going awesome is freaking John Sadak, man. He is yeah, I'm so, so glad you brought good. that up. Yeah, so good, man. Um, the, the the broadcast this year with him and Larkin have been so good together. It feels like they've worked together for years. Just the chemistry they already have, and you have Welsh kind of the third guy. He's hanging out there at the Red's Life booth with Geese and Slog, and they're doing a good job. And you know, I'm never gonna say a bad thing about Stanley Cure, um, but. Dude, like just watching Sadak and Barry and like do the shows when I'm not at the ballpark and just it makes it enjoyable. Um, you and I are very open about not being the biggest Brenneman fans, both of them, as far as doing games. So seeing like Tommy Thrall and John Sadak do these games on radio and television, just how awesome they are, it's just been a blast. Yeah, for sure. And you know, Barry Larkin says a lot of things I don't agree with. People that that follow me know I'm a big, big Sabermetrics guy. But Larkin has a very positive perspective now. I guess it's a little easier to be positive during this week, you know. But he has a pretty positive perspective. He seems to, you know, not not jump to to, to wild things. Um, so yeah, I, I'd much rather a guy I disagree with a little bit about some of the things he says that is at least you know um, um, positive. You know, has a positive spin on things and. Um, um, but yeah, the broadcast it's just it's so enjoyable. Those guys have incredible chemistry. Um, I don't know if you saw any of the spring training games, but I thought Welsh had good chemistry with with Sadek. Yeah. I think it I think John's just really, really good and he's really easy to work with. I think that has a lot to do with the chemistry, is is uh is he's he's phenomenal. And yeah, the radio booth, um Jeff Brantley is a guy that just keeps getting better and better and better and better every year. And uh, I think Tommy Thrall has made made the cowboy a lot better it's kind of made the cowboy a little more you know positive and i don't need everything to be all rosy and everything but i would like to turn on a baseball game after a long day of work and you know kind of sit back and enjoy it as opposed to wow they didn't bump the runner over or you know and i i, I really prefer the, the 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 style of the broadcast now i think it's just it's phenomenal it doesn't matter which one you turn on it's great um, um, and I don't know, is George Grant going to do some games too? I hope he's doing a few games at some point this year. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the you, voice of like my childhood doing that. Or doing you throw TV George Grant into that mix. I mean, that's, that's just great. And I like LeCure. LeCure has a lot of things I, you know, disagree with too, but I, I like, I like LeCure as a, um, I think as a person, I guess, as whatever. I, I like LeCure. I think he's a, he's an enjoyable watch. Everyone on and the Brock is enjoyable. Welsh has been incredible on Reds Live. Um, yeah, always yeah. Has, he's, he's so well prepared, so well researched. Um, Giesenslaw, he's, I'm surprised Giesenslaw is not honestly on some sort of like national show. I mean, I think he's really, really talented. Um, um, but yeah, I, I love, I love the team. I love the broadcast. And so it's very refreshing. Yeah, because I think Giesenstall also does Blue Jackets games. I don't really follow hockey. Um, yeah, that's that, yeah, that's why like he did like the pregame show, and he didn't do the postgame show a couple times because he had to do the Blue Jacks game that that night. That's why that uh, the, the the Charlie fella. Um, I think Charlie's kind of like uh, 
whoa, whoa, I don't know what to do with fans around here. Like, <laughs> like he was yeah. last year, he had all studio and like, and like he kind of was like blushing when like he heard a lot of noise. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think he's, he's good too. He's, he's, he's fine as well. Yeah, for sure. So, Hey guys, we got about five minutes left for, we're going to wrap this up. Um, so Will, JW, Michael, Sean, do you guys have any questions? Anything you're going to throw at us? Please feel free. Um, while we're waiting on those, Nick, I got to ask, man, today is the anniversary of the Sandlot and Major League both releasing for theaters. What is your favorite baseball movie? Oh, I feel like I should look up what I put on Twitter because I know, like, I actually did, like, a whole rankings and I don't want to, like, contradict myself. Um, um, I love the Sandlot. It's definitely not my favorite. Um, uh, Major League's not my favorite. Um, I mean, I love both of those movies. Same. Um, um, uh, I can't find it. Um, give me one sec. I'm sorry. This is I'm sure riveting, riveting. Listen. Yeah. Well, while we're while we're getting ready, he said uh, Michael asked if Sunday will be ready this weekend. I don't think they're thinking that far ahead. I think they're waiting for a home stand because he pitched um, in the first inter- in the first scrimmage game they've been having at Louisville against Kansas City's prospects. So I think they're going to try to give him another start. But he did throw four and two thirds. I think he only gave him two runs. He pitched pretty well. So I think they're kind of, you know, taking a little easier. And right now, with how things are going, obviously they can. But if I had to take a guess, I would think, and I have the schedule here in front of me, you're probably thinking more of maybe the Arizona series when they come back home, the 20th to the 22nd. It would be my best guess. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I didn't, you know, I was actually trying to do a little bit of work today. Um, so I wasn't keeping up on the news, and I know he pitched last night. It almost sounded like, to me, as many pitches as he threw last night, maybe it's possible he just makes his next start in the big leagues. But I think oh, you're, okay. probably, you're probably uh, closer. You probably would lean towards what you said about, you know, maybe one more time through the rotation. Um, um, but, yeah, I guess we'll wait and see. All right, so I got the movies here. I'm going to just do the whole top ten. So Go for um, it. This was from 2014, so I don't think there's been anything since then. Um, but you, everyone is going to absolutely hate my rankings, and I don't really care. Um, so, number one, we have Fever Pitch. I love Fever Pitch. It's the best baseball movie ever, period. End of story. I like it's that great. movie. It's great. Um, I got Moneyball, The Rookie, 42, For the Love of the Game, the most underrated baseball movie. Major League, The Sandlot, Trouble with the Curve, Field of Dreams, and 61. So, yeah, there you go. Those are good ratings, what? actually. So, you mentioned, too, that, like, I always, like, tell people, I'm like, you got to watch this movie because, like, I'm, for some reason, I'm a big Jimmy Fallon mark. Like, I, I, you know, I'm, like, 32 years old watching this tonight show because I think he's funny. And, you know. He's awesome. 30, yeah, 32-year-olds aren't really watching this tonight show at this point in their, in their lives. So, <laughs> um, so for me... Um, you know, do thirty for thirty docs count? Do, can we count those? Does anyone have any objections? I, I don't think so. I think we're talking like actual, like you know, Motion dramas pictures. or comedies. Okay, yeah. yeah. Ooh, okay. So Major League's definitely up there for me. Um, my number, but forty two is terrific. I think you know, you know, unfortunately he's gone now. But Chadwick Boseman had like a run in cinema that not many people have. You know, for those who are fans of the Marvel franchise, obviously there he was Captain. He was a uh, you know Black Panther. Um. You know, being Jackie Robinson, he was James Brown. He was Thurgood Marshall. Like, that dude, you know, before he passed, had, like, the run of runs of cinemas. He basically had the 
you know, Barry Bonds of runs is what he had. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so 42 is up there. That, that would probably, I'd say, be my one. And then, man, there's so many good ones, like you said. Um, I'm sorry for the, the, the nostalgic people. Um, Little Big League sucks. It's not a good movie. Um, it's just <laughs> not, you know, it's, it's I don't know cool. if I have an opinion. I think it's like kind of whatever. Yeah. But one of my other favorites, and it's kind of like it's just a goofy, like funny one, is Mr. Baseball with Tom Selleck when the, like, the Yankees trade him to Japan. Okay, yeah. It's a good one. And What's they have the like other oh, sorry, Frank go ahead. Thomas Frank Thomas plays like on the Yankees in the movie, but they never show his face. He's just like <laughs> cracking homers and like we're gonna trade you because we got that guy. What's the there's there's another one where the the kids on the Cubs with uh, the Rookie arm. of the Year. Rookie of the Year. That one's good. I don't know why that one I feel like that one should probably be in my top ten. I love that movie as a kid. I watched that so many times. Um, yeah, I, I have but, it on DVD. Yeah, awesome. I don't, I don't, people are going to hate me. I, I've never gotten into like the natural. I don't think it's very good. I think it's super it's weird. Too long. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of boring. I'm um, the same way. Um, but I know that's like everyone's number one and I'm like a heretic for not loving it, but I'm sorry. I don't, I like enjoyable movies. I want to be entertained. So, yeah, I'm the same way. But I think with that, man, we're at an hour now. We can go and wrap this up. Uh, hey, you know, everyone that joined us, whether you're here for a minute or you're here for the show, Thank you so much, Will. You're like in every week or now, so we, we love seeing you there. Um, JW, Michael, Sean, Carlos. You know, I know Carlos kind of chopped out because he has some internet issues. Um, thank you guys again for tuning in. We're on our fourth episode of this now. We're having a good time. And, you know, if, hey, if you do miss it and you're not, you know, you don't catch a live show, Nick's doing a hell of a job getting us up on Spotify, and we're working on getting us on all the other um, different podcast providers of choice. So, um, thank you all so much. Have a great rest of your night, and uh, we will talk soon. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.